Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today is Monday, January 14. Um, the Leafs unfortunately fell to the Bruins on Saturday. I'm going to get into my game notes on that. Uh, I'm going to tee up the upcoming week. We got three game, uh, three games during the week coming up: Avalanche, Lightning, Panthers. Both of the, the Lightning and the Panthers games are on the road. Uh, no Saturday game coming up this week, which kind of stinks, but whatever. Uh, Sunday we get the Coyotes. I'm gonna I'm gonna tee up the Avalanche Lightning Panthers though. A uh, couple minor league trades happen around the NHL. I'm gonna get into those, and that was pretty much. And that's gonna be pretty much it. All right. Uh, so first up, Saturday, Boston, Toronto, which is turning out to be such a good matchup. And right now is actually what the if the playoffs start today, that's what that's who the that's what that would be a first round matchup right there. Toronto, Boston, uh, Toronto with the two seed in the Atlantic, Boston with a third. Currently, Boston has one more game played than the Leafs and is two points behind them. Uh, this year the Leafs have had trouble with Boston Uh, there was the thrashing there's been a couple thrashings that Boston's laid on the Leafs Uh, the Leafs were able to take one and then Boston taking the final game of the series in this one so this game the January 12th game um honestly to come out of the coming out of the gate the Leafs looked pretty weak um Marshan had a pretty good chance. He missed high. Uh, and then Bergeron had a pretty good chance. Hutchinson made a good save on that one. Shots started 4-1. to one. But then after that, I thought the Leafs from the 15-minute mark, around the 15-minute mark in the first, all the way till like two minutes left in the first period, I thought that the Leafs were awesome. They controlled the play. They, they weren't able to get a... Uh, they weren't able to score, but I mean... There was a couple great plays. Kasperi Kapanen almost scored and 48 on Boston. I want to say Matt Grizzlich. I want to say that's his name. I can't remember. Anyways, he was he, he stopped it. It was an open net and he stopped it. Uh, the shots showed how the pace, uh, what the pace of the play was going, where the pace of the play was going. It was all in Boston's end the whole time. I mean, outside of that very beginning, I thought the Leafs played very, very well in that first period. Uh, there was one Travis Dermott turnover that uh, Brad Marchand got a good shot. Hutchinson made a good save there, but the final 139, you give up a goal, which was just doggy doo, and they took a penalty too in that 139. And just to close off the period in the first and the second period was just completely, it was horrible. I don't know how, like, there's one minute left, not even one minute left when they scored in the second period, but. 139 left in the second first and just it seemed like everything caved in I didn't understand that um Hutchinson overall in this game I thought played decent uh he was screened clearly screened by Wagner on that first goal uh the second goal what was that the knuckler shot that beat him uh, I don't know if he was screened on that one too but that was a decent chance and then the third goal was a good shot by good one tee by Pasternak who else the leaf killer 
I don't understand how that guy does so well against the Leafs every time. But he does. Fantastic player, too. Uh, but in the first period, outside of, what, a total of six minutes, it was all Leafs, and they just couldn't put it in the net. Um, Boston was turning over a lot. I think the Leafs did a great job along the boards creating turnovers in Boston's zone. Um, and then just that that last little bit just killed them. But then to start the second, I thought they were awesome. They outchanced Boston when Boston was on the power play. I mean, Marner is one of the most underrated uh, penalty killers on the lease. I would like to see him out there. I mean, obviously you want to see, you want to see him out there more. Uh, but I mean, you don't want him blocking shots. I don't want him getting injured. You kind of got to save him. You can't play him 25 minutes a game during the regular season. Although you'd like to. I mean, if you can play power, play kill penalties, play first line, why shouldn't you be playing that many minutes in the playoffs? Save him till the playoffs. But Marner overall in this game was terrific. I mean, he had that breakaway chance. There was that play. It was uh, Morgan to Hyman, two-on-one with Marner. He chose to shoot. Uh, kind of an easy save by Rask. It was a good one too. And then even when even when the penalty ended, I mean Tavares capping into Tavares, that was a decent chance right there too. He missed the net though. And then they go back on the penalty kill again. Unfortunately, when Janssen took that uh, what was it boarding or hit hit from behind. Unfortunately, um, but to start the second on that penalty kill, they looked they were flying out there. And then they were even flying the whole second period other than other than the very end. They got the two goals. Um, I thought that uh, Janssen and Kapanen both had pretty good games. Janssen getting the, getting the Leafs on the board with that first goal there. That was a pretty good shift overall by the Leafs. Um, by uh, Matthews, Janssen, Kapanen. Which this week they didn't look incredibly good. But in this game I thought they had a couple moments where they were very very good i mean that sequence on the first round of goal was matthews to Janssen saved by rask and then it was captain was able to get it right away again uh and then Janssen knuckler shot hits off boston's defenseman can't remember who it was miller maybe and goes in that was a fantastic sequence there they they, they started hot 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 and then they were able to uh then nylander draws a penalty and then on the power play, they're able to get a chance. And then Marner, just what a goal by him. Just such an underrated shooter. He may not have the hardest shot, but the way his placement, that puck, it was not shot that hard. It was a slap shot from pretty close in, but it almost hit like the middle of the post. Like, how are you, how is Rask supposed to stop that? that he, he placed that. You couldn't have placed that any better. That was a fantastic shot by Marner. The shots being 22 to 14, pretty much all Leafs. Um, Hutchinson, and then Boston gets on the board. Sean Corrali, I mean, I'll get into him a little bit. He had first, I, I don't know if he was first start of the game. If he wasn't, then he was jib because he was Boston's best player. I mean, this guy doesn't have a lot of points this year, but he was, he was very, he was 13 points this year and he had three tonight. 13, I think that even includes... Yeah, that includes tonight. So he had 10 points in 43 games coming into tonight, and he had three. We, he had a three-point night. I mean, I don't even think it was just he was playing that well, but he's 
he's 6'2", 215. He used his body well in this game. He's able to get a goal, two assists. Um, both of the plays started from the corners. Um, I don't think it's really that the Leafs weren't playing hard enough. I mean, the second goal was just... I mean, both the two of Boston goals were just off of the defenseman mishandling the puck. I mean, Zaitsev passed it to absolutely nobody. That was, this was the third goal. And then Gardner mishandles the puck, loses it behind the net. Corrali's able to finish on it. I mean, the defenseman in that those two plays just got to be better. That was, that was just irresponsible puck handling, so to speak, on those two goals that we gave up there. I mean, it was it was all Leafs for the like for a, the better part of the first half of the game. It was just all Leafs. It looked all the momentum was going their way, and then just a couple crappy plays, and you find that the game's now two two. So at 2-2, Matthews, right away, I mean, he, him, Kadri, and Nylander are just so snake-bitten. It's unreal. Um, Marlowe had an open net that was stopped by Chara, uh, which actually that play, um, bef- right before that, that was on the power play. Marner was able to beat, again, Marner with a terrific play. He beat out, it was McAvoy. Beats out the icing, and then for and then Bergeron under pressure flips it over the glass. There's a penalty, and then the power play was able to get a couple good chances, and then just closing out the period, just a harmless looking play. I believe when it was at center, there was like 20 seconds left, and then just it gets tossed in. There's not much pressure on Zaitsev, I don't think. And he just passes it to nobody. There wasn't enough pressure to just like give it away like that. That was just an irresponsible play, and. The leaf killer. I don't know. We'll call him the rake. Just pass a knock. One timer. Nobody's stopping that one. So to close out the period, I just wanted to make note of Craig Simpson just throwing out fake news. I mean, he said that Corrali used to be offensively talented. He used to put up a lot of good offensive numbers, um, and he was a first. He was he was a first round pick. Um, so stats and info at Rink Rat Report decided to fact check this. He went fifth round in the NHL to the Sharks in 2011. That year, he put up, I believe, I'm going to pull up the exact number right now. He put up 29 points in 51 USHL games. Okay. Then the next year, he put up 70 and 54. He was drafted fifth round in the NHL in 2011. He was sent back to the USHL 70 and 54. That was his only big offensive year. Because then after that, I mean, even like, okay, we'll go back even further. Fifth round to Indian Ice in the USHL. 15th round in the OHL to Plymouth. Um, he's shown one year of high offense, and that was in the USHL. In college, I mean, he was a 0.6 points per game, which is pretty good, but offense has just never been his game. I have no idea what Craig Simpson. Or who Craig Simpson was talking about. Maybe that guy they picked right after Kadri? Question mark? I don't know. I don't know who he was talking about. That was that baffled me there. Because this guy never went first round. Maybe maybe in gym class. Maybe in, in gym class. That's what Craig Simpson was talking about. In gym class, he was picked first overall. Because he was a big guy. Anyways, in the third period... 
just recapping this, I they were outshot, the Leafs overall were just outshot ten to five. They didn't show. I couldn't think of the word, so I just threw out some words. Jump, hurry, concern earlier in the third. I, they they just didn't have it going. I mean, to be outshot ten to five, to be doubled on shots when you're down by a goal coming into the third period. I mean, they just didn't show that jump that they did in the first two periods. And unfortunately, I mean, it it doesn't mean that they didn't have chances. They had a couple really, really good chances where they just missed. They flat out just missed open nets. I mean, Kadri had that good chance. It slipped by Rask. Unfortunately, he's left-handed. He put it wide. If he was right-handed, that was an easy tap-in. Matthews, later in the period, just had Rask, and he just missed. I don't know if the puck skipped or whatever, but he missed. And that was just, that just killed us right there. I mean, that uh, just not enough in the third period, I don't think, to warrant, to really deserve a comeback win So, uh, to me. But a couple good chances. Um, there was one play, actually, that was very underrated that... Um, the Dermot, uh, Dermot, who had a pretty good game, he actually played over 20 minutes in this game, more than Hainsey. Um, he had the third highest ice time amongst Leafs. He started a really good play. It hit on Jake DeBrusque, went to Kadri, Kadri to Nylander, Nylander just couldn't finish it. Um, but Dermot played pretty well. I mean, there was one turnover that led to a Brad Marchand shot, but didn't go in, no harm, no foul. Uh, other than that, I thought he played pretty well in this game. Uh, he's, his skating is just incredible. Um, he has played 20 minutes. I think this is his fifth time this year. So this wasn't just a big sign to come that, oh, Dermot's going to start playing 20 minutes a game every night now. But, I mean, hopefully that happens. He played he played pretty well tonight. I mean, unfortunately, Zaitsev Gardner weren't really on. I mean, Gardner played decent. He had a couple decent offensive chances. Um there was one where he missed the net and it then led to a really good chance in front. Uh, there was a couple other plays here and there too that I thought on offense he was decent, but, uh, you know, minus dash two is not a good luck. Um, and turning it over on that one goal is not a good luck either. Uh, I don't think he's the problem in the back end. Uh, just Zaitsev was just terrible tonight. I, don't, I couldn't name one thing that he did well. He had one good shot on goal, actually, but it was a flutter shot and it went right at Rask. So, Zaitsev just need I don't know. And when I, uh, you can't say Zaitsev needs to be better because that's like saying an orange needs to produce, uh, an orange needs to squeeze out apple juice. It's just not going to happen. He's garbage. Like, I don't know what happened from that first year on. He just, I don't know if he doesn't care. I don't know who, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words. Anyways, closing thoughts on this game. Marner had a great game. Um... Matthews, Kadri, Nylander, I have no idea. Just just the big shoulder shrug. I don't know. The puck's just... Eventually, it's going to go in. I'm going to say that. Eventually, it's going to go in. In big numbers. And people are going to be like, oh, finally, they're... Finally, Nylander's playing up to his contract. Well, the chances are coming. They're coming for me. All three, all three of them had pretty good chances in this game. Just puck luck. I hate to say it, but puck luck. Anyways... Um, a better third would have been ideal. Kapanen and Janssen also played decently in this game. I think Kapanen had two assists. One of them was a secondary assist. He didn't really do anything on it, but 
the one on the first goal, that was a pretty good. That was a nice play by him there. He had a pretty good game. Janssen, pretty good game. Um, nobody else really was noteworthy. Tavares played decent in this one. Um, Marlowe, yeah, one good chance, but other than that, I don't know. Uh, him and Nylander just don't have good chemistry. Something, I, I don't know. Nylander just needs to be moved back with Matthews. I think that'll really, really help them and move Janssen down somehow. Somehow switch something up there. Or move Kapanen down. Whichever one works. Who cares? Put Nylander back with Matthews. That's my that's my opinion there. Um, one thing to note on Boston's side. We were able to shut them. Marshan, Berger, and Krug. Marshan had a couple good chances. He had six shots on goals. But zero points between the three. So good pat on the back for us on that one. But zero points coming out of this game, unfortunately. I hope. I, I would love to see. I think this would be great for hockey to see this original six matchup in the playoffs again uh, because this rivalry is pretty good and these games usually for the most part are just really really entertaining it's really entertaining hockey anyways moving on from there a couple minor league trades in the NHL happened uh, the Marlies moved well the Leafs moved um Morgan Klimchuk to the Senators in, in exchange for Gabriel Gagne, who was a second-round pick in 2015. He hasn't been very good by any stretch of the imagination for the Belleville Senators so far. He's a big body. Um, I mean, he, sh- he had some good years in, uh, in junior. Actually, no, he didn't. I'm thinking of someone else. Anyways, he had one 35-goal year in junior. Uh, but just after that, 25 points last year with 20 goals. But this year, 9 points, 33 games. Uh, it's it's a very minor trade because Morgan Klimchuk was playing third line on the Marlies. And, you know, had pretty much... Mark, Michael Carson was way, way better than him. And they came in at about the same time. So... I mean, it made Klimchuk expendable. I don't foresee too, too much with this trade. I don't think any of these players are going to get called up by the respective clubs. Maybe Klimchuk has more of a chance of making Ottawa because, I mean, it's Ottawa. They're not very good. So, very minor league deal. Um, might There's a good chance that there's no NHL implications on this one. Two... Two prospects that were tra- drafted pretty high that just haven't turned out very well. Klimchuk has turned out better than Gagne, but neither of them have really reached the potential that they should have when uh, when you look at when they were drafted. Anyways, moving on. Coyotes' injuries continue. Um, Brad Richardson goes down. They just, I mean, when you look at the number of red X's beside the names on this team... Excluding obviously Marion Hosa and David Bolin, it's just incredible. Ranta's out, Jason Demers is out, Christian Dvorak has been out all year, Michael Grabner's out, Nick Schmaltz is now out. Like, oh my god, the Arizona hospital just has their hands full with this team. Holy, and they're they're inching towards a playoff spot, which makes this all very, very surprising. Uh, right now they're sitting with 43 points. 
44 games. Minnesota's in a playoff spot. They're in the last one. 47 points. 44 games, too. Uh, the regulation... The, what is it? Regulation wins. Regulation and overtime wins. That's what it is. Uh, only, 18, only 18 versus Minnesota's 22, but... I mean, the Coyotes with that, that list of that list of injured injured players, and those are, those are some of those guys are pretty damn good players. They're not all fourth line players. I mean, Jason Demers probably he plays a decent amount there. They're starting goalie Antti Ranta's out. Uh, Christian Vorak was a pretty good player last year. So Michael Grabner hasn't been great, but he's a decent player. Nick Schmaltz was set to play a big role. He's out for the year too, and that the fact that they're only four points out. I mean. Not bad. Not too bad at all. Uh, big shout out to Connor Garland. What a absolute nail. Gets Last night gets hit in the face with the puck. Goes in off his face. Counts as a goal for him. Is bleeding. Um, then he scores the overtime winner off his leg and in. So two goals. Neither of them touch his stick. Just incredible. And then he does an interview while he's bleeding. If that doesn't say hockey guy, then I don't know what does. What an absolute stud. That kid, when you look at, he came in, so in junior, he had over a point per game in his draft year, uh, did not get drafted somehow. Next year, 129 points. Uh, he got drafted by the in fifth round by the Coyotes. And then 128 points the next year, does not make the World Juniors Canada, has a bit of a rough time in his first two years in the, with the, uh, the Tucson Rough Ride, Roadrunners. Starts the year hot off in Tucson, and now he's contributing for the Coyotes. I mean, it's it's awesome to see. He's a small player, maybe not the greatest skater, but a really skilled player. And it's awesome to see him finally, you know, making it with the big club. I mean, kudos to him. A lot of that, that must be tough going from putting up 120 points a year to playing fourth line. In two, well, Tucson's a nice place to play, but I mean, 120 points to playing fourth line. That's that's got to be tough, and clearly he's. I mean, he's he's making the most of his opportunity with the the Coyotes right now. That list of injuries. Um, anyways, and then the Coyotes made a minor league deal. Well, not a minor league deal, but a minor deal, uh, acquiring Jordan Wheel, uh, giving up Jacob Graves. I think that was all they gave up. I think that was the entire trade. I'll look up the entire trade. But one thing to note with Jordan Wheel. His, I think he's he's up there in total w, WHL. He was fantastic. AHL, he was fantastic. Just could never really get it going in the NHL. He's a pretty he's a pretty skilled player. Decent shot. Can move and move and groove out there. He's got. I think he's got one more year left in his contract, or this is his last year. Uh, but who knows? I mean, this is. Not really. I mean, if given the opportunity, I mean, you never know with a guy like this is his last year in, the, in his contract. So he's put up numbers in the AHL. He's put up great numbers in the WHL. He has skill. It's just it hasn't really come through in the NHL. I mean, his best year, 21 points, 69 games with the Flyers. And then this year, scratched most of the time. 28 games, he's only got nine points. But, I mean, there is something there. And, the, I mean, kudos to the Coyotes making this trade because maybe he works out there it was Graves for a 6th round pick Jacob Graves is mainly an ECHL defenseman so 
I mean, he's got Jordan Wheels got a 1.75 cap hits, but that's absolutely nothing for the Coyotes right now because they have so much cap room. So why not take on a risk like this? Good move by the Coyotes. Um, maybe we can see him. Hopefully, they're really hoping that he can show in the NHL what he's shown in junior and in minor pro. First game, zero shots, 14-51. Eh, well, whatever. So hopefully he can get it going with the Coyotes because people that have been following him but just been waiting for him to break out in the NHL. And maybe with this maybe with this opportunity, this is the one. So we'll see with that one. Uh, another minor league deal that was minor deal that was made, Slater Cuckoo, former 10th overall pick for the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2012. Uh, former Peter Pete and Windsor Spitfire. He has not been playing at all in the NHL. I mean, combined over the last well, last three years, it's been 29 games played, 35 games played, 9 games played. And just not a lot of minutes. Uh, he's a pretty good skater. Uh, he's 6'2", not the heaviest guy either. But maybe some opportunity. I mean, the Blackhawks aren't the best team. So right now, clearly... They stink. Um, they traded Yan Ruda, who also is a pretty... He's been playing 16-18 a game, 23 games played. So a couple defensemen that are not being used very much, being swapped. Um, maybe, I mean, this is, again, similar sort of thing to what Arizona did in their minor, minor deal. This kid has shown promise in the past, uh, just hasn't been used much in the NHL so I mean it's a long shot for it to work out and him to be a top pairing defenseman but I mean why not take the chance I mean this is a nothing season for the Blackhawks so it could work out decently for them Slater Cuckoo has been okay he's shown I don't know in junior he was pretty good I don't know how he went 10th overall but um, in the AHL, yeah, hasn't put up the best, best numbers, but yeah, he's a good skater. Yeah, he has some promise, so why not take the risk on him? I think he's going to start in the, in the AHL though. So nothing too major with those deals. Um, just guys that used pretty much take, take it as guys that used to be in all three deals, guys that have shown promise in the past, just kind of change of scenery and teams hoping that it works out for the best of it uh next up i want to uh, rick nash retirement uh i don't know pretty good career for rick nash he was the first overall pick out of the london knights in 2002 uh totally in his career he had a uh, 1060 games played 805 points uh, bank accounts looking pretty healthy right now uh, unfortunately, his concussions didn't allow him to come back to hockey. I, I am sure a, a bunch of teams would have signed him. There's a long list of teams that would have signed him. But this is a guy just... I mean, represented Team Canada very well at the World Championships. Had one gold medal, two Olympic gold medals. But just in the playoffs, I don't know. I don't know what went wrong, but he could just never put it together in the playoffs. And that'll kind of hamper his chances into getting to the Hall of Fame. I mean, the big one that I remember is when the Rangers went to the Cup and he was just 10 points, 25 games. And this is supposed to be a first-line guy. 
that's really unfortunate. I mean, I don't know what happened in the playoffs, but he just could never put it together. Anyways, fantastic career for Rick Nash. Uh, wish him well moving forward into the future with his, his life off off the ice. Um, second last note. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, extends Casey DeSmith uh, for $3.75 million over three years, which is an absolute, it's just cheap, 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 cheap. Oh, my God. I mean, this guy filled in very nicely for Matt Murray. He's not, I don't know. Yeah, he filled in very nicely for Matt Murray. Unfortunately, he comes with an ugly past, so I'm not going to talk about him too much. But Penguins have a backup goalie for the next three years. That's all I'm going to say with that one. Um, last thing, Nick Jensen to the Leafs. Uh, this one I'm going to comment on. Uh, honestly, it depends on the price. Nick Jensen's been playing decent minutes with the Red Wings this year. Doesn't put up a ton of points. He's not the, the most talented player. I mean, he won't move the needle really that much. So the price is really dependent on whether I would I would want Nick Jensen on the Leafs. He's a right-handed defenseman, and he could take minutes away from Ron Hainsey or hopefully even Nikita Zaitsev, either, or if, either of them. He would be a big upgrade over, but I don't think he's I don't think he's a bona fide top pairing defenseman. I think he's more of a four to six defenseman, but it would be an upgrade for the Leafs. Would I pay more than a second second round pick for him? Probably not, because he is he's a UFA after this year. And also, big thing to note with that, Dubas said he didn't want to acquire rental players that are up at the end of the year. He's looking for players that have terms, so that's where I put a damper on the possibility of Nick Jensen to the Leafs. Um, and closing out, I think that just about covers everything. One minor league deal I missed, Goliba for Paul Carey. You know, sends. I don't even know where Goliba is, but where he came from. But, I mean, the Sens are just a tire fire right now. And, oh, Golubov was on Providence. Both players, I mean, Paul Carey's played five games this year in the AHL. Uh, Cody Golubov has played, I don't know, because it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter that much. He's played 16 games for Providence. Two pretty good AHL players. I don't really see them making an impact in the NHL or even playing in the NHL. Maybe Golubov because... Ottawa's defensemen stink but yeah that's about it not a very big trade how many trades do we have three or four four trades this weekend and I don't I don't know if we'll top I don't I don't think there's going to be much of an NHL impact between any of those so moving on move on and I think that just about covers everything from that. The Leafs' upcoming schedule, Avalanche, they're a struggling team. Uh, not a lot of depth on the team at all. Um, as you know, the Rocky Mountain line, which is what they've been calling the McKinnon, Rantanen, and good-looking guy, went second overall, 2011. Or 20, yeah, 2011. Gabriel Landis-Clog, forgot his name somehow. Uh, that line's been awesome this year they got some good defensemen that can move the puck uh, up the ice and Tyson Berry 
Uh, Eric Johnson's a pretty good defenseman. Samuel Gerrard's a really good young defenseman that was part of that three-way deal last year with Matt Duchesne. Um, they're really going to like him moving down the uh, down the line. So, and but outside of that, not a ton of scoring from their offense. I mean, other than those three forwards that I mentioned and those three D, there's not a ton of depth on this team. They got good goaltending. Semyon Varlamov, Philip Grubauer's okay. Depends what night you catch him on. But not a very deep team. So hopefully we can shut down. Hopefully the Leafs can shut down that top line. Uh, they're not. They're going through a little bit of a rough patch right now. In their past 10, they're 1-7-2. And, and you thought the Leafs were playing bad as of late. 1-7-2. and two. Um, So outside of that top line, hopefully if you can shut those guys down, then pretty much it's going to be an easier game to deal with. I mean, after after the Rocky Mountain line, they got Soderberg, Kerfoot, JT Comfer, Tyson Jost. I mean, no one really that you're circling in the lineup sheet and going, damn, we got to really shut that guy down. We got we got to really shut down Carl Soderberg. Ooh, what's he got? He hasn't he hasn't done anything in the past couple of years, and his cap it's like five million dollars, four point seven five, close enough. So, not a very deep team, but that top line can ruin you. So, hopefully they don't come out of their slump when they're playing the Leafs, and hope hopefully I mean just some bad puck luck lately and. This this week would be a great week to turn it around. Um, moving on from there, you got the Tampa Bay Lightning, which they're just a wagon right now. There's so much talent on that team, up and down, sideways, in net, on defense, on forward. Players that are signed, players that are not signed past this year, they got everything. They're just, I mean, but remember last game they played, the Leafs played them so so close, and if it weren't for those couple acts of God, it would have been a much different game. So. We can skate with them. That'll be a really fun. Hopefully, that's going to be a really, really fun game. Um, and then Leafs Panthers. I mean, at home for the Panthers, but I think no. This is January. Hopefully, when we when we play when the Leafs usually play them in March, it's just all Leaf fans because it's March break. I really love seeing that. That's for fun. That's always fun to watch. But um, that should be the Panthers. As of late, have not. Yeah, four, four, and two. They're just a meddling team. Um, they are dangerous though, and you can't take them easily. I mean, they are. They do have talent in that lineup. We have seen it before. Roberto Longo is a solid goaltender. We've seen what they can do up front in Alexander Barkov, Jonathan Huberdeau. Um, Co- uh, I don't. I wanted to call him Cody Hoffman. I don't know why. Uh, Mike Hoffman's a fantastic player. Uh, Evgeny Dan- Dadanov, Nick Bukestad's not bad too. On defense, they got Keith, Keith Yandel, Aaron Ekblad's not bad there too. Uh, Trocheck's injured right now, so there's one up on the, for the Leafs. But overall, just they got talent. Um, I think they play kind of inconsistently. The just, I mean, big thing for the Leafs this week. It looks like for three out of their four games that they have and I'm talking the Coyotes, the Panthers and the Avalanche is that the depth players on this team really got to play, really got to step up because these are teams that are top heavy. The Coyotes aren't really top heavy. They're just they just really I don't even know. 
they just really can't score. Um, but their defense is pretty good. So, but I'm saying the the big thing that this week that the Leafs have to do is hopefully Anderson comes back. I think he will. He was out with the flu. Um, and hopefully he's back to fine form coming this week because we really need him. There's a big difference. I saw a big difference between Anderson and Hutchinson. Hutchinson filled in fine, just fine for us. But we really, I really want Fred back. I love him in between the pipes. He's such a rock back there. Um, so big thing for this week that you want to circle is the depth. And that's the Kadri line on the third line. Uh, the fourth line doesn't get too many minutes, but when they have, they've been okay this year. So mainly I'm saying the Matthews line needs to step up this week and put the puck in the net. And the Kadri line needs to get something going because, I mean, when you look at it, Kadri, Marlowe, Nylander, Matthews have not scored in a while. I mean, you've seen a lot of good plays from most of those guys, but the puck just needs to drop. And we'll be fine this week. We'll, we'll pretty well run the table on most of these teams. The Lightning is going to be a big challenge. Everyone, That's going to be all hands on deck. But Panthers, Coyotes, Avalanche, depth needs to step up. Second and third line really need to step up in those games. So those are the things to watch for this week. Uh, I'll be back Friday for a new episode. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I might record it during the Leaf game, maybe after. Depends how I'm feeling. Who knows? Anyways, take care. Enjoy your Monday, if that's possible.